Father's preaching time. Songs have been sung. Gifts have been given. So now, God, we need a word from on high. I pray now, God, that you would circumcise any unrighteousness, that you would let the word come with clarity, and that it would also be concise in what you have for it to say. Bury me in your treasures. Use me today. Let them see you on me, O oh God. Hear your spirit and voice through me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, I praise you, give you all glory and adoration because you're my strength. And Father, I love you because you're my redeemer. And the household of faith said, Amen. Come on, if you can just give them one more, one more hand clap of praise. It'll be appreciative. But if he's really been good to you, why don't you give him something to show some sign that, Lord, you've been good to me. Come on, you can even do it on Facebook. Just press hallelujah, amen, put some praises up. It said when praises go up, Blessings have to fall. Amen. Amen. With your manuals of life, if you would turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 16, a very familiar passage. Acts chapter 16, verse number 25, if you're able to stand with your manuals of life. And if you're there, say amen. If you're still looking, shout out Bible study. We will return. We'll be back. Amen. We got room for you. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. That concludes our reading. You may be seated in the presence of God. Again, I thank you all again for being here today. I thank you for um, all that you do. Um, I want to just say uh, much Prayer from the pews will give powerful preaching from the pulpit. So I solicit your prayers and your amens. Amen. Amen. Uh, life has a unique way of getting our attention. And it has a unique way of making sure that we um, adhere to things uh, that can cause us to be blind. Um, I, I say that in such an open statement because some things in life has to happen in order for us to open our eyes. Something has to happen in life in order for us to realize and recognize just how blessed we really are. And when we think of prayer and we think of praise and we think of worship, um, there, there should never be a time that you cannot interject or um, um, have a level of praise. If I could just borrow your mind and your thoughts for a few minutes to help me preach on the subject or topic, late night worship. Late night worship. As I was describing praise 
worship and prayer, um, it, it came to me that everyone here has experienced a stressful moment in their life. Everyone here has been through something that you can say that has caused you to do some unusual, something out of the norm, something that just not was you type of things. I mean, uh, life has a way of stressing you out. Life has a way of putting you in a perspective that if, if you don't know how to praise because of what life has brought you through or took you through, you've learned how to praise. If you don't know how to pray, then you have learned because of the experience of life, you have learned how to pray even harder. And if you haven't praised and prayed, then you've learned how to worship even more because now you're understanding whatever it is that God is allowing you to experience, all you have to do is learn how to give it back in your worship. I know I'm speaking to about two or three people that can say, Reverend, I got some stuff I need to give back to God, but I have to choose and pick what is right and when I need to do so. But one thing I do not omit is the fact that I have found out how to praise him in the midst of my storm. In fact, I have several, several different type of praises that I'm so grateful for. The, the Barak praise, the, the Yada praise, the Tada praise, the, the, the Shabbat praise, the Halil praise, the Zamar praise, the Teliha praise. But let me tell you some praises I got grateful for. Waking me up this morning, that's a praise that I have. Uh, I have some other ones. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for life in itself. Thank you for being kind. Thank you for loving me. Those are some praises that I have. And guess what? It don't matter what time of day I can tell God thank you in the morning. I can tell him thank you in the afternoon. I'm preaching better than most of y'all looking at me. But most importantly, I learned I can praise him late in the midnight hour. Late night worship. Late night worship is acceptable. I don't know if anybody ever just woke up in the middle of the night and began to worship God. Because listen, sometimes it's in the nighttime is when you know that God is really listening. Somebody said, why? Because everybody ain't talking to him at the same time then. And sometimes I realize in this walk that in my worship, in my worship, I, I've discovered that I appreciate him more when ain't nobody else around me. Y'all missed that. And, and see, here it is. Sometimes we can get so stuck up on having people around us is the reason why we can't lift them up like we should. In fact, it shouldn't take people being around you to lift them up. This should be the fact that you're still around people that you can lift him up. Do I have a witness this morning? Late. Late night worship. This, this passage is so familiar because it's talking about Paul and Silas. We, we see that these are workers of Christ. And as they become workers of Christ, um, they, 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 they begin to get be jailed because of the works and, and, and because of the works and the attraction that they have caused all throughout the area. Um, they've drawn others to wanting to know how can... Uh, uh, um, 
such two Jews, two men, caused such an uproar. And when I was looking at this, I was thinking about this text because I revisited this text. I preached it before, different title, different topics. But, but I was looking at this. Sometime uh, we have to be ready for the indictments that will come to God's people because of the work that you do. Um, I'm guilty of a few things. I'm guilty of, of, of speaking my mind. Um, try to do it concisely, and I'm guilty of trying to speak it where you understand without me telling you off. But I'm also guilty of, of the indictment of, of covering and protecting God's people. Y'all just missed that. And, 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 and sometimes I find myself not falling into the trap, but I find myself speaking up to those that's trying to trap others into not worshiping God in their situations. Uh, you just missed that. Sometimes you have to be bold enough and strong enough to just tell people, you know what, listen, shut your mouth, stop talking crazy, you don't know what you're talking about, leave me and mine alone. Matter of fact, just stand in your place and let us be where we are. And when God's people decide to understand that when you have an impact on people's lives, when you have an impact, thank you, Sister Victoria, for the statement. When you have an impact on people's lives, thankful for ministry, you have to understand the enemy will come and try to disrupt stuff. <clears throat> I know I'm right about it because here it is. The enemy will not be pleased if he can't make God's people mad. And here it is, Paul and Silas were, were in trouble. They, they were being indicted because of the work that they had done. And, 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 and might I ask, because you're on the Lord's side, you can expect people to indict you. But here's the question. What will you do in the midst of your indictment? Will you, will you, will you look for an easy way out? Or will you stand firm? on his word in the midst of an indictment. And, and so here it is, Paul and Silas were, were being accused and being getting ready to be persecuted for their actions. And, 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 and I was looking, Paul and Silas had developed the people to dislike them because of the works that they did. People began to come together and congregate and say, let's throw them in jail. First thing I thought about with late night worship, First thing that came to me was praise is, comp is a comprehensive action to submitting your mind to the Savior. Praise is a comprehensive action to submitting your mind. It's a peace uh, that yields your mind during affliction, but it's complete. It's all complete and nearly with all things of every element. Watch this. It's, it's, it's the way to... Um, put things in its right perspective as you deal with it. Y'all with me this morning? Sometimes you have to understand that the afflictions of the journey is to be expected. Jesus said to his father in Luke 22 and 42, he said, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, let my will, but let thy will be done. And sometimes you have to understand your praise is the comprehensive action towards your mind getting right with the Savior. 
You don't understand why you're struggling. You don't understand why you don't have it. You don't understand why you got migraines. You don't understand why you're in pain. But sometimes you just have to say, Lord, it's not my will, but let your will be done. Father, if this headache going to take me into 2021, I know that you're able to carry me over through 2021. If this problem in my job, in my life is going to keep me dormant, Lord, I know you're going to keep me dominion and power over all things. Sometimes you have to be grateful for your afflictions during your journey. And it becomes a comprehensive action uh, towards getting your mind right with the Lord. Some folk are guilty of the disconnect. Y'all know what the disconnect is. It becomes a disconnection because of what people say. Now, Paul and Silas could have disconnected themselves from the work of God because of what people were saying. But Paul and Silas displayed a comprehensive way of worship because they wanted people to know that, listen, I am on the Lord's side. Uh, have you ever just struggled with some things in your life sometime where you had to identify whose side you on? Y'all y'all with me this morning? Y'all tracking with me this? Sometimes you find yourself even in the car and you're saying, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I want you to know, I know you got my back. Y'all missed that. That just made me feel good. And sometimes in your afflictions, in your journey, you have to understand there's going to be some moments where you will feel dis the disconnect, but you cannot disconnect. Y'all tracking with me? Because here it is. The moment you disconnect, the enemy knows he has you. But the minute you stay connected, now the enemy has to work harder to disconnect you. I wish I had somebody that can just slip their hand up and say, Reverend, I've been running for the Lord for a long time, and I haven't got tired yet. 99 and a half just won't do. I'm trying to do my best. The enemy is on my trail. But yet, because I see the prize ahead of me, I just can't give up. I can't give up the... The disconnect with the saints has, we have not submitted our minds to be in tune with the Savior. Um, Granny used to say, if you keep your mind stayed on the Lord, he'll keep you in perfect peace. But they used to sing that old song in the church, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus, but then they would conclude it with the word hallelujah. See, somebody don't know when to shout. That was the moment when you were sick. You were dying. The doctor said you were about to die. Yet you still had your mind on the Lord. Diabetes had went up to a thousand. High blood pressure went over 200, over 100. But yet you still had your mind on the Lord. And even when the doctors walk in, you can just slip up your hands and say, all I got to say is hallelujah. 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 And here it is. The believers, we cannot disconnect from being submissive to God. See, listen, when you give your mind to the Lord, then you will no longer become a lukewarm church. Uh, 
John, thank you, in Revelations, as he talked about the lukewarm and dead church of Pergamos, the compromising church, Ephesus, the loveless church, Thyatira, the corrupt church, and Laodicea, the lukewarm church, the church that has been disconnected. See, Paul and Silas was the church that was connected. And the people were around them were disconnected. Ain't it amazing how when you're bringing people to Christ, when you're bringing people to Christ, it seems like the enemy's always camping around your territory. I believe the Bible says, he said, every time I try to do good, evil is present all around me. But, but yet and still, the Bible says I must learn to press towards the mark which is of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Sometimes you have to see the booby trap. Sometimes you have to see the ambush, but yet still press your way through your circumstances. People's mind is not connected. That's why people leave church depressed because of the disconnect. And let me help you out real quick from the pulpit to the back of the church. If the head ain't right, the body sure ain't going to get right. And let me tell you something. You don't have to be a pastor to be the head. You can be a husband. That's no good. You can be a so-called boo, best friend, whatever it is. If your mind ain't right, the house won't be right. And here it is. Sometime, even in the process of staying connected, you got to clean up some dust mites. In your life, some people that have caused nothing but allergy or became allergic. And you know what? Sometimes you just have to tell people, stop being so covetous, so cantankerous, so conceited and full of hell. And just pray that God will change their ways. Help me, Holy Ghost. And here it is. David said, he said, we should learn to exalt you, God, lift you up because you have lifted us up out of the depths and you didn't let our enemies gloat over us. And see, there it is right there. That's the shout. Because here it is in my comprehensive praise. I could have allowed what the enemy was trying to do to disrupt what I wanted to do. I could have allowed what the enemy was determined to do to stop me from doing what God said I must do. Tell y'all something. Just in 20 days of experiencing what this world is dealing with. If you lay in the bed long enough, it plays on your mind. Some folk ain't grown enough to admit it. But I'll be the first one to tell you, it plays on your mind. Because you don't know whether you're going to make it or whether you're going to be gone. But when you're laying in that bed and you stay connected to God, and you could say in your spirit if your voice ain't right, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know thou would draw thyself. Whether with I got father, I'm going up or yonder one day, but now ain't the time. When you're praying to him, you're staying connected to him. You can feel his presence. And how many know sometimes if you can't do nothing, you can just. That's enough to let the Lord know I'm still here with you. Lord, I can feel you. I'm hoping you can feel me touch the hem 
of your garment because right now, Lord, I need you. I have to keep a comprehensive praise so I won't lose my disconnect. Somebody shout out comprehensive. Uh, the second thing I see in the text, and I'm going to get out your way, y'all, because I don't want to overdo it, is Praise is a confession of attitude. Watch this. To establish harmony with the Savior. Watch this. Praise is a confession of attitude to establish harmony with the Savior. It's, it's difficult to hear God uh, if you don't have the right attitude. Uh, I've discovered that in reading the text, Paul and Silas never changed their attitude. They never decided to change their attitude because of what people were doing or saying. But yet, their attitude intensified. Watch this. Because they didn't resist the jailer. They didn't resist going into jail on behalf of doing what's right. And, and let me go a little deeper. It's, it's hard to talk to him when all you do is run your mouth. Help me, Holy Ghost. And here it is. The praise is the confession attitude to establish the harmony with the Lord. Listen, the text says uh, they were praying and singing hymns to God. Look at their attitude. Hmm. Let me just, I just kind of want to get a, a snack real quick. I shouldn't be eating right now, but I'm going to get a snack real quick. Uh, uh, and, and I believe... The music department can, can probably shout with me on this. It's hard to preach or praise life into lifeless people. I ain't even going to look at you. Uh, and and here, here it is. It's hard. Watch this. I'm, I'm going to go way back. It's hard to pump a well and ain't no water in it. And, 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 and this is what, what I struggle with, with, with the people of God. Because of your level of confession, your praise has become limited. Ah, listen, sometimes your biggest confession will get your biggest praise. I, I know I'm right about it. Somebody can testify and say, Reverend, it was not until I came out with everything out of the closet. When the Lord really, when I realized how blessed I really am, it wasn't until I told God every dirty, dark secret, every skeleton, every Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde moment is when I realized that God loved me for me through my confession. I don't have to be usher to give you my confession. But here it is, the confession of the saints. Your attitude has to get it right in order for God to free you from some stuff. Paul says it like this in Ephesians 5. It's then a form of Christian living. When you have the right confession, your attitude is right. Now it's a form of Christian living. Now, I, I was struggling with that because I'm trying to figure out, now, if I'm praying, if I'm singing, if I even slightly confess, am I living a Christian life? But here it is. Some folks stop at confession. You can't stop at confession. You have to continue to confess so your attitude will be right when God corrects you. 
I know y'all don't like that. But here it is. Sometimes it's through your confession is when you realize, Lord, I've been cheating you all along. I haven't been giving back to you the way I should. I haven't been lifting you up like I should. I haven't been telling you thank you enough. I have been taking you for granted. I know you ain't always had eggs and cheese, but sometimes you take them for granted. And now God said, through your confession, I need you to lift me up just a little higher. Some people can't find the true way of Christian living is because the attitude is not right. You mad because somebody didn't let you do something. You mad because they won't let you hold a position. Listen, you're not living for them. You're living for Christ. Paul and Silas gave us the example. And they said, here it is. Your praise is a confession of your attitude to establish harmony. Listen, it's good to be in good grace with God. I know I'm looking at at least five folk that can testify I'm in good grace with the Lord. Matter of fact, let me tell you how. You just woke up this morning. He woke you up this morning. That's, that's good grace. That should bring a shout about a change. That should make somebody press a like and a share and say, I'm in good grace with God because this morning he woke me up. This morning he clothed me in my right mind. Gave me activities of my limit. I can tell him, God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy because God, you've been good to me. Yeah. Sometimes you find yourself in situations that will require immediate attention. But your attitude, you just can't wrap your mind around it. I wish I was talking to some real folk this morning. How, how can I make it? How can I get there? And I know I'm not ready. He says, you have to confess. So when you confess, watch this, y'all. Watch this. You're emptying out everything that shouldn't be. Help me, Jesus. And now you give me an opportunity to pour in what should be. Anybody ever came to church with an empty cup and you said, Lord, I need you to fill some stuff up in my life. In fact, I got a few things in the bottom I need to really pour out before you pour in. And when you came to the house of worship, it was something about the name of Jesus. It changed your walk. It changed your talk. It even changed your perspective on how to treat people when you left out of the church. In fact, when you turned around, you told him every time I turn around, the Lord just keeps on blessing, blessing me. You have to believe and keep that confession. And I found, here it is, I found the solution. Paul and Silas says it was through prayer and hymns that will help Watch this. Uh, massage your mind to be on the Lord. Have you ever just found yourself uh, driving in your car and, and you knew your mind wasn't right? And all of a sudden, something good come on the radio. And you can wrap your mind and begin to deposit your thoughts into the sound that you were hearing. 
Y'all done hung up on me. I, I ain't talking about Bobby Blue Bland, Denise LaSalle. I ain't talking about no men condition, no Tony, 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 none of that stuff. I'm talking about some good old-fashioned, pass-me-not-old gentle Savior. Jesus, keep me near the cross. And the minute that you begin to deposit whatever it is that's on your heart, in your mind, into the words of that song, you really can reflect how good God has been and begin to thank him because through it all, he's kept your mind in perfect peace. He kept you through your confessions. So now you won't have to worry about the how factor when it comes to bills. You don't have to worry about the how factor when it comes to your mortgage, your gas, your job, your cable, your food, making it to work on a fourth of a tank of gas, a car note, your lights, tuition, your clothes. You don't have to worry about how because you know some way, somehow, the Lord will make a way. Look at somebody. Confession is good. <clears throat> but lastly, I'm going to get out of your way. Praise comforts the subdued mind. The Bible says, and the other prisoners were listening to them. If you read this text closely, you'll notice Paul and Silas, some Bible said they were thrown in the innermost part of the jail. That was to seclude them and keep them from others hearing or wondering why they were where they were. But it's amazing how when you are in places feeling like you're irretrievable, God has a way of sending an angel to save you. I know I'm right about it because Saul, before he became Paul, can identify in the dark moments of his life. And how he, as a man, was murdering God's people. He was in a dark place in his life. Bible records in the book of Acts how Saul had done some dangerous and murderous things towards God's people. And he had begun to downplay God's work. The Bible says when Saul heard the voice, he dropped to his knees. And he asked the Lord, who is thou? As the Lord said, why do you persecute me? He was in a dark moment in his life. But Saul, then he stayed on his knees and got the command from the master. Ain't it something how when the Lord puts you in dark places in your life, he will still sin a command for you so that you can be delivered. Well, the Bible says that Paul and Silas were thrown in the inner parts of the jail. And Saul and Silas, they begin to pray and sing hymns. The Bible says, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Takes me back even to when Saul 
was going through his situation some time ago and how the Lord had talked to a man by the name of Ananias. And he told Ananias, there's a man I need you to go and anoint. Ananias, remembering the things that Saul had done, he told the Lord, he said, why do you want me to go down there and help him? He said, uh, he's been breeding murderous things about you and me. Why do you want me to go down to a place and help a man of that nature? The Bible says the Lord told Ananias, I need you to go down there and tell him there's work for him to do. Ain't it something how when you're in dark moments in your life, God still has a plan for you. Can I get a witness this morning? Well, the Bible says, as they were praying and singing, they were listening. And when they put them in the place, in the middle of the jail, the others begin to listen. And the Bible said, right around 12 o'clock, y'all know that's midnight, there begin to be a shaking and a quaking. And then the chains and the jail doors begin to open up for those that were subdued for whatever crime that they had been through. Are you praying with me this morning? Ain't it something how when you're in dark moments in your life that God still has a plan for you while you're in bondage. Y'all don't hear me this morning. Yeah, I feel good now. And the Bible said as they sang and they prayed, they begin to be loosed from the shackles that had them bound. And I don't know, I don't know if anybody here can testify that it was when you were in your darkest moments in life you realize God's plan God's plan had a purpose for your prosperity can I get a witness this morning somebody here can testify I haven't been good always but the Lord he came and seen about me let's roll Earl can I get somebody to testify that it was when I was in my dark days is when I saw the light. Jesus came and seen about me. One thing I like about this scripture, it didn't tell what kind of prayer. It didn't tell what kind of song. But if I could use my spiritual imagination when I was in the inner parts and dark parts, of my life there was a time i said jesus you on the main line i got to tell him what i want there was a time i said god be over oh jehovah can i get a witness there was a time i said pass me not oh gentle savior why on others that are calling you please don't pass me by but there was one time 
I told the Lord, I made up my own song. I told him, I said, Lord, Lord. Anybody just say, Lord, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I need you to pull me through this dark place in my life. How many know it's good to have your own song? That's why David said you should rejoice and sing unto the Lord a new song. Why? Because he has done marvelous things. Look at somebody and tell a neighbor, I got my own song. I had to cry out unto the Lord. I didn't realize he had a plan with purpose for my prosperity. And as I cried out, he told me, this is, can I get somebody to shout out, this is my exodus. No more chains, no more shackles, no more bounding me. I'm free. Anybody free? Let me tell you why. I got a late night worship. One Friday, he went on the cross called Calvary. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. Y'all know what he did. He died. Didn't he die? From the sixth to the ninth hour. <laughs> they tell me the sun refused to shine. The moon dripped down in blood. He died before lunch. He was buried before dinner. But somebody shot out with me early. Somebody said, early. 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 Sunday morning, he got up. That's why I got a late night praise. Because when he got up, Granny said, he become Andy. Andy walks with me. Andy talks with me. And he tells me. I got one question and I'm gonna get to my seat. Ain't he all right? Late night, late night worship. Come on, let's celebrate him. I'm trying to let it go. Late night worship. Late night worship. We pray something was said to help us on today. It's all right to have late night worship. In fact, you get some freedom at late night worship. One thing I discovered 
with late night worship. Huh. People can't tell you to sit down with late night worship. Because when you were just you and Jesus, can't nobody tell you to sit down. I'm trying to let it go, y'all. I'm, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to let it go. But late night worship, late night worship. Come on, let's celebrate them one more time. And maybe.